Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scarlet Nation podcast for 24-7 Sports Network. Chris Akonis here with Bobby Darren as we recap, you know, really one of the big days uh, in the Steve Peichel era for Rutgers basketball. Scarlet Knights getting a commitment from a five-star guard, Dylan Harper. The day that a lot of Rutgers fans have been holding their breaths waiting for has finally come. Dylan Harper has come out and said, I want to play for Rutgers. I'm going to play for Rutgers. That's happened. And now you have a, a recruiting class that is now number three in the nation and, and looks poised to finish as among the top classes in the nation. And really just looks like potentially the start of a new era of Rutgers basketball, Bobby. And it really comes down to the fact that, you know, Steve Peichel was able to get Dylan Harper to really round out the class and bring in what should be a very exciting uh, recruiting class coming in starting next year. Yeah, definitely a huge day. And, and Chris, I've been through this. When I started, it was Fred Hill, and he gave way to Mike Rice and then uh, Eddie Jordan. And, and <laughs> there were some dark times there. So um, fans can really revel in the fact that, that Rutgers has you know, one of the best classes in the country coming in, number two and number three player. I mean, when you think about it, it's it's – it's just monumental. It's not even a strong enough word. So um, it's really exciting for Rutgers fans, you know, to get to to watch that product because I mean, year after year, you watch some of these elite teams and they have elite players, and you know, you have two possible one and dones who could be lottery picks. You know, that when they're playing in the NBA and, and potential All Stars are going to say, "Oh, they went to Rutgers." Um, it's it's a big deal in a lot of ways, and you know, he uh, was leaning towards Rutgers for a while. I mean, you know, I put the crystal ball pick in for the beginning of August and didn't hear anything that would really make me deviate and, you know, got confirmation, you know, the day before he committed from, from a very strong source that, that said he was locked in. And it, it just reiterated we are, what we already uh, knew, but um, to have it come to fruition and, and, and for people to be able to say, you know, he's committed, it's a huge deal. And, and this is a player who is, who's excellent. I mean, when I watch him play, I, I want to watch more, you know, and, and there's not many players like that. You're like, wow, man, I wish this game would extend a little more because he just he, he he just does so many things so well. And and I, I think it's going to be a treat for Rutgers fans, you know, for the entire season. And, and it's just big. Uh, and, and he calls Ace Bailey right afterwards. And those two are already chummy. And, um, you know, that chemistry should help in the future. And it's just going to be a highlight real Chris. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that, um, you know, I think is most exciting for Rutgers fans is, you know, here you have a program that has built a solid foundation, you know, had a, a, a string of teams that were good enough to consistently make the NCAA tournament. Um, and now you're taking that foundation and you're building on it with a class that is among the nation's best. And of course, today, all the talk is about Dylan Harper and, and understandably so, given his skill set and the fact that he committed today. But we've also got a really good forward in Ace Bailey. You've got a four star center in Lathan Sariel. You've got two uh, additional you know, top 200 prospects in, um, you know, uh, Bryce Dorch and Dylan Grant. So you've got a foundation there that'll go, you know, it's not just, oh, Ace and Dylan. It's Ace and Dylan. And oh, by the way, we're bringing in a lot more talent along with that. I think that's what's really exciting about, you know, just the trajectory of this program. Um, and today, of course, it was all about Dylan. The whole it felt like the whole college basketball world stopped, um, you know, when that came in. That was the national story, which, you know, that has not historically happened for Rutgers recruiting. And it, it happened uh, again now with Dylan Harper. So I think that really says something about where the program is going. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, Bobby. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. 
Yeah, and and it's instant. You know, it's not like when you get a four-star football commit, you can say, well, this guy might need some time to develop. You know, these guys are coming in ready-made, you know, going to be lighting it up, Sports Center, you know, on their first day. Um, so the expectations raise, of course. I mean, you know, anything less than Sweet 16, you kind of say, wow, that's a failure. But, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. And, and, you know, we did like kind of a look projecting the starting five. And I think now that you have Harper's commitment in place, I think their biggest task for next year will be getting Mawat Mag back because I really think he would be a nice compliment in that lineup. You know, he's he's that glue guy, that defender, um, and he could kind of bridge the gap between, you know, Bailey and, and uh, Harper and, and, and the rest of them uh, on offense. You saw how valuable he was last Last year, uh, when he left, you know, Rutgers didn't make the tournament two and six in the regular season after he went down with a knee injury, Chris. So a guy like that, I think next up is that that's your next recruitment. And and even though it's not a, a traditional recruitment, you know, keeping him around, I think is going to be big. Uh, There's still a long way to go. But if you can get him in the mix, you have a nice, solid foundation there for the future. You know, Jeremiah Williams should be eligible next year. Um, just a uh, a really good get at the point guard, a big guy who can really uh, do a lot of things well. And, you know, if you can get all those little pieces in place, you know, it'll help, um, you know, accelerate, you know, the the, the game of, of uh, Dylan Harper as if they need help acceleration. Right. And Ace Bailey. But if you get the right pieces in order, th- then it could really be fun because, you know, if you bring five big time guys together, you know, it's not always a chance they're going to mesh and gel and play well together. And, you know, we've seen some teams with top recruiting classes, you know, uh, fizzle out and, and and not finish where the expectations might've been. You know, some teams are bubble tournament teams. Some teams don't make it, you know, and they had these big classes. We've seen years where UNC has been down a little bit. So um, it's not a guarantee that this is a final four team, but um, you know, it's a heck of a start, Chris. Yeah, and I think that is really going to be the key thing is, right, is what does the supporting cast look like? And, you know, you touched on mm-hmm. Mag and Williams, who I think are, you know, two of the most important um, players uh, out or outside of the freshman class coming in. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, you look at a guy like a Gavin Griffiths, where you've seen him show some flashes, but you also see that there's room for him to develop. And Griffiths is going to be a guy that's, you know, not a one and done. He's going to be around a bit longer with this program. Um, you know, how much does he develop? How much, you know, do you get a leap forward from Jermichael Davis? You know, all, all these other questions. What does Derek Simpson look like? You know, I could go on and on about that, but I think that's also the important thing that fans have to keep in mind is you're going to have this elite, elite freshman talent coming in, but what do the pieces look like around him? And I think it, looking at the players that are currently set to come back for this team, I think Rutgers fans have to feel pretty good about where the foundation is uh, at this moment. And yeah, when you look at it, Chris, you know, Steve Peichel traditionally doesn't play, you know, 10 guys in a game. He'll go to seven, eight guys. So he doesn't usually utilize a deep bench. So you want to get the right starting five in there and then maybe a few guys who can come off the bench and just give you decent minutes. Uh, maybe a guy like Gavin Griffiths is a guy who could come off and, 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 you know, knock down some shots. But he should have some open looks next year because, um you know, just being there with with Ace and Dylan, it, it'll it'll open up so much. And if he could just knock down those threes, I mean, he'll be a deadly weapon, especially at six foot seven. So 
Um, yeah, I think important thing this year is to watch him and see how his development goes. I know a lot of people say, he's, you know, he's, he's got to improve his defense, which is true. Um, that will come too with, with some seasoning in the big 10. It was obvious he needed to add some size. Um, so that will help next year as well. I, I think, you know, if all goes according to plan, you could see him develop into an entirely different player by next season. So, um, you know, maybe temper the expectations for him this year a little bit and just hope that that development comes along because he could be a key cog next year. Absolutely. And I, I think, um, you know, that also is the exciting thing is just seeing those other young players develop um, and, you know, looking at where Rutgers is right now, you're kind of seeing it be a bit of a transitional period, um, you know, with, you know, Rutgers now dropping two straight uh, Wake Forest uh, tonight as we're recording this and then Illinois last weekend, you know, two losses where things just didn't seem to be clicking for Rutgers offensively, couldn't get anything going, uh, was a bit of a slow start. Um, and I think you're sort of seeing Rutgers having to iron out the kinks. And I will say that the last two performances are, of course, not what Rutgers fans want, not what Rutgers, the program wants. But I, I do have a feeling with some of the young talent on this team, that I think you're going to see the team sort of get better as a year goes on. You know, the first thing I think of when I think of this is I go back to 2018, 19, my first year really following the team as a, a freshman student journalist uh, at Rutgers. You know, that was a team where, you know, it was Ron Harper Jr.'s freshman year. It was, you know, Geo Baker was a sophomore. They were bringing in other players. And you saw that team get better as the season went on. They weren't there yet. They weren't the NCAA tournament caliber team that they became the next year. But you saw that there was something there. And I have a good feeling you're going to see that from Rutgers as the year goes on. And that, I think, like you said, Bobby, is really going to be the key thing to watch. Uh, you know, I would just, like I said before in an earlier podcast, just temper the expectations for this year. It's it's kind of just a transitional year. It's kind of just a holdover uh, until those guys arrive. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. The Big Ten starts. They're going to have a tough time. And, you know, the way they're playing now, there's not enough offensive weapons to to really you know finish these games. Uh, you saw them against Wake Forest; they came back, but they dug themselves such a deep hole that just exerting all that energy to get back, Chris, it, it, it takes so much out of you that that it's tough to sustain that. And then the other team picks it up, gets a couple buckets. It's just you exert so much energy into into that comeback that it's tough to to continue with through the course of a game. So I don't know if they have the offensive firepower. I don't know what's going on with Cliff Morey. Um, he just, to me, just looked like he's disinterested, doesn't, doesn't, he's not as into it as you've seen him in the past. Um, he was always a fiery guy. I mean, if you look at his stat line, you know, uh, against Wake Forest, four points, was it three rebounds, Chris? Four points, four rebounds, uh, two of four from the floor uh, in 27 minutes of play. I mean, on a team like this, he should be doing a lot more. Um, you know, he's you don't have the the Cam Spencers and 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 other guys. You know, in the past, even when he was there with with Ron and and um, Geo and guys that were taking more shots, Jacob Young. You know, he, he's got an opportunity to do more offensively, and and it, to me, it just looks like he's disinterested out there and and not a hundred percent into it. Because it's hard for me to believe that a guy like that has gotten worse. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to think what's going into it so hopefully he turns it around because he has the talent he has the capability to be a, a more of a force i mean you're, you're not playing kentucky 
uh, you know, on, on Wednesday night, you're playing Wake Forest. Not, nothing against Wake Forest, not to take anything away from them, but, you know, you would think that he had a little better showing. So um, I think you'll need him to come around. And, you know, a lot of people are saying Watt Mag will come back. And, uh, you know, how much is he going to change the team? I wouldn't hope for wholesale changes um, in the performance. Um, you know, the guard play, you've seen it. It is what it is. You lose Cam Spencer. You lose um, – you know, uh, you also lose Caleb McConnell, and, and who are you replacing them? You lose Paul Mulcahy, who, who are you replacing them with? You're not having the same caliber of player. So it's tough to expect the same type of game, the same expectations. And, you know, Pike's always been good for turning some stuff around, and, and when you think they're out of it, he'll stay in it. But uh, I don't have a high ceiling, I, as I've expressed before. I don't have a high ceiling for this team. Just kind of, you know, take it for what it is. And, and hey, they win some games, great. And, and just kind of hope that, that, that some of these guys develop for next year because that's the year. Yeah, I, I think I'd largely agree with that. I would also say, you know, in terms of MAG, you know, I, I do think that when he's back to 100%, you're going to see a different side of this team, particularly on defense. That being said, when he's fully back, that could be, you know, a few games into Big Ten play because, you know, he might come back in a couple of weeks, but he'll be playing a few minutes at a time and then a few minutes more and a few minutes more. I, I don't expect him to come in and be playing 30 a night right back like nothing ever happened. Um, I do think there's going to be a bit of an adjustment period and how long that adjustment period takes. Um, you know, that I think is going to be the other thing to keep in mind, too. But I do think he will add a dynamic uh, to this team when he gets to that point, whenever that is. Um, and, and, you know, just, you know, going back to the point you want to make about Cliff real quick, um, 11, he's averaging about 11 and nine right now. Last couple of games have been a touch under that. Rutgers, uh, to make any sort of impact in the Big Ten, are going to need him to get at least a double-double almost every night. I think that's a reasonable expectation given where he is at this point in his career. As of late, he has not shown that level of play, but he's going to have to have it in him if Rutgers is going to turn this around. Yeah, and you know another thing about Mag, if he's not entirely healthy, he could always sit out and get another year of eligibility. You know, because he played in that COVID season, gets a free year, then he played two years. So if he decides to sit out, he can get a medical redshirt for this year and still have two more years of eligibility. That's more time for him to to make some NIL too. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. And that uh, is another factor, too. And, and you know, I think that, you know, just getting Malat Mag back with the talent that's coming in and the talent that's coming back, you know, I think that would be a huge get for Steve Peichel this offseason. I think that would be massive on so many levels. You've got veteran experience. You've got defense. You've got, you know, everything you need to sort of supplement the talent you're bringing in. If you're Rutgers, Malat mm-hmm. Mag fits that mold perfectly. So I think if you can get him back next year, whether he whatever the situation is, how much he plays this year, whatever, mm-hmm. that would be massive for Rutgers. And I'd have to think that's what Steve Peichel's thinking to himself in the back of his mind is, can I get him here one more year? That would be a massive get for Rutgers. Yeah, and and exactly. If you're him sitting back thinking, am I 100% healthy? There's eight games into the season. It doesn't look like you're going to be a tournament team. So do you risk playing this year because – you're not 100%. I mean, what's the ceiling? That's something he would have to think about on an individual level. And, you know, Pico said he's going to come back when he's ready to play. And, um, you know, just something to keep an eye on there. Yeah, definitely. And, and I do think that is going to be a key factor moving forward. But in terms of the long-term trajectory, I'd have a hard time arguing that it's ever been better than it is for Rutgers right now with the talent you're bringing in. And, oh, by the way, 
you know, we talked about it a little bit before on previous episodes, Bobby, but a class like this has impacts beyond just what the group of players ultimately accomplishes on the floor next season, because now Rutgers has been legitimized in, you know, future high level recruits minds as, Hey, this is a place that I can consider a legit jet destination. And, you know, you mm-hmm. look at, you know, the uh, uh, visitors that were on campus for from the class of 2025 this fall, you know, there were some top 100, top 150, you know, Trey McKinney's a top 20 five-star guy. You know, these mm-hmm. are guys that a couple of years ago would not even be for the most part on Rutgers' radar. Now they are. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think will pay dividends, especially if next year Rutgers goes out and has a really big season, NCAA tournament run and whatnot. That is going to be something that is really going to be a, a program changing uh, moment. And I think that even beyond just what Ace Bailey and Dylan Harper and the rest can do, which is impressive enough. I think that's really the thing that we could be looking back on this in five years and saying, this is why this was so important. So I think that is really the interesting thing. And I think it's unique to to point out that the Dylan Harper thing is more than just the number two player. Cause you know, you have Ace Bailey as the number three player and people are excited about him, but people knew Dylan early. They knew him because they knew what Ron Harper came here and did. So there was all that anticipation leading up. They were familiar with him and, and he had that elite ranking and, you know, his brother did so much had them big shots, you know, game winning shots and was just such an integral part of building the program that getting Dylan, his younger brother, who is supposedly, you know, a lot better than him. Um, it, you know, it, it just I don't know if we'll ever see a commit like this again because of that background, the history and, and that kind of story that behind it, because it's just uh, and and you saw it by the, the, the reaction, the fan reaction. And, and we've been busy, you know, last couple of days prepping for it. So um, it's uh, it, it's definitely a monumental day time i should say yeah definitely i think that also adds just an interesting you know side aspect to it is here is um you know ron harper jr someone who was at rutgers for four years as part of two ncaa tournament teams um you know and just just one of the key players in the steve peichel era of rutgers basketball now dylan harper has a chance to sort of you know take part in the next step in Rutgers basketball's trajectory under Steve Pico. I think that's a very interesting story. And um, when I did the research for the uh, timeline event uh, article that we have up on squirrelnation.com, it kind of struck me as Rutgers was not only the first school to offer, but they offered Dylan Harper before Dylan Harper was even on the radar as, you know, a, a five-star guy necessarily, you know, we at 24 seven didn't have a rating on him until I think the next year. Um, so that just goes to show how long Rutgers has been, you know, involved in his recruitment process. And I think that, you know, that work, Steve Peichel flying to Hungary to watch him play in uh, the uh, under 19 World Cup, that kind of tenacity has been rewarded. And Steve Peichel has gotten the reward of a Dylan Harper commitment. And I think that is just, that's a big, it's a big time for Rutgers, just to put it simply. And, you know, he, and you, you talk about this year, too. He had a big commitment that, that people some people are talking about. But uh, Bain Adongo um, decommitted at Georgia Tech and really doing well as a true freshman. He's a guy that really could have helped Rutgers this year and next year. So it was an unfortunate circumstance there. But you can imagine what level they would be at with him. I, I hate to play the hypothetical game in that regard. But, you know, here's another kid that Pike had brought in and, and was going to be a really good player. So um, it's good players all around it. And, and like I said, this year, just kind of ride it out and, and, and hope that, you know, there's some improvement uh, throughout the course of the season. But no matter what happens, uh, there's a lot to look forward to in 2024. 
That's right. Next game for the Scarl Knights, Saturday night in Newark, uh, as we have uh, the next edition of the Rutgers-Seton Hall rivalry. Uh, Scarl Nation, of course, will have complete coverage of all of that. And you can also get the latest uh, Rutgers football and basketball news at any time right here at ScarlNation.com. You can also interact with Bobby uh, and me and everyone else over on the uh, VIP message boards. Uh, so be sure to log in there. Uh, that does it for us here on this episode of the Scarl Nation podcast. We'll talk to you again next time.